Lights, Camera, Asia. A look at Asian culture and history through the lens of cinema. Hello and welcome to Lights Camera Asia. I'm Jake Chen. So after two episodes of navigating the complex maze of a story in Old Boy, are you ready for the finale of the most celebrated movie out of South Korea? Well, I hope you are. And what I also hope is that my praise for the movie in the past few weeks have gotten you to watch it at some point, because. Well, it goes without saying that there is going to be a major, major spoiler coming ahead when we approach the film's ending. So, those who haven't experienced the movie in its full glory, well, this will be the time to turn away from this show and to watch it for yourself. And for the rest of us, let's move forward. The story so far has been filled with twists, surprises, and histrionics. And here's a quick recap: Odaisu, a middle-aged man, was mysteriously adopted and kept in prison for 15 years. During this period, he saw his wife being murdered on television news, and that he was framed for it. Daisu fought through an unspeakable amount of pain, including the psychological trauma of being in solitary confinement with no contact with outside world, and the constant burning desire to find out just why all this happened to him. And one day, for no particular reason, it seems, Daisu was freed. And he subsequently embarks on this violent, gory revenge journey. Along the way, he fell in love with a timid yet charming young woman called Mido. As Daisu gradually finds a few people who helped imprison him, to his surprise, the mastermind behind the whole scheme voluntarily revealed himself. The man's name is Li Wujin. He's a successful, wealthy businessman. Li reveals himself halfway through Daisu's revenge journey, but Daisu couldn't really get to him because Li threatens to end his own life by turning off his pacemaker should Daisu try to torture him. Li wouldn't reveal the reason for imprisoning Daisu for 15 years, as he insists that Daisu finds out for himself. So the cat and mouse game continues, and Daisu is. Burning inside to find out why he was tormented this much. Towards the end of the film, Daisu finally manages to track down a lady who knows a connection between him and his captor Li Wujin. And much to his surprise, Daisu finds out that he used to be Wujin's classmate. Hanging on to this one only trace, he returns to his old high school, where he and Wujin allegedly spent some time together. Walking across the campus certainly feels like a trip down memory lane. Some of the more vivid moments of Daisu's own teenage years come flashing in front of his eyes. 
it's at this moment that Daisu further remembers an incident that could have complicated his relations with Wu Jin, a boy that he actually barely knew at the time. It was one sunny afternoon many, many years ago. Daisu was still a mischievous teenager at the time. As he sees a young lady riding her bicycle across the field and passes him, he strikes out the conversation. The young lady's name was Sua, and he was Wu Jin's sister. The two didn't talk for too long, and Sua leaves. Daisu follows her out of curiosity, only to find out later that Sua ends up in the classroom and was getting intimate with his brother. Daisu, now as a grown-up adult, asks around the school and finally finds out about what happens to the pair since he left town. There was a rumor about these two engaging in an incestuous relationship and that Sua eventually got pregnant. Being in a small school in a small town, the rumor quickly spread like wildfire and it engulfed Sua's surrounding. A teenage girl like her couldn't handle the shame, nor could she explain herself to the hundreds of mouths who'd speak ill of her behind her back. Eventually, Sua decided to end her own life. Daisu goes to Wu Jin's large building complex to confront him with his latest findings. He asks Wu Jin whether he was unable to handle the shame of being involved in such an unspeakable act that eventually led to his sister's death. Wu Jin, however, remains calm and rather unimpressed by Daisu's progress. He then shows Daisu a piece of the puzzle that connects him to the entire incident. As it turns out, Daisu told his friend about witnessing Wu Jin and Sua getting intimate. At the time, Daisu's family was about to move away from the town, and he didn't think it would do much harm. However, it was because of his big mouth that a rumor began to spread and eventually got out of hand. Daisu is stunned to realize the damage that he caused, but one question still remains as Wu Jin asks him several times throughout the film. If he imprisoned Daisu for revenge, why letting him out? And more specifically, why letting him out after 15 years? Daisu couldn't figure it out even with his latest findings. At this moment, Wu Jin uses a laser pointer to direct his attention to a box. Daisu opens it, and he sees a photo album. Remember what I said at the beginning of this episode that it contains major spoilers? Well, this is the final warning. If you haven't seen the film and would like to experience the ultimate plot twist yourself, now it would really, really be your chance to turn away from the show. Daisu flips open the photo album, and he recognizes the first few photos as those of his young daughter, the one that he hasn't met since he was imprisoned. Or that's what he thought before he kept on flipping. The little girl gradually grows up in the series of chronologically ordered photos, and Daisu quickly realizes that his daughter grew into Mido, the young lady that he fell in love with since his release. Daisu goes absolutely berserk. He can't believe this was the insidious plot of Wu Jin to trick him into having an incestuous relationship with his own daughter as a way of getting revenge. 
No matter how hard Daisu tries to come at Wu Jin, he couldn't get through his bodyguard. Wu Jin then connects Daisu to Mida via a hands-free phone call. Mido has been held captive by one of Wu Jin's henchmen, and she sounds scared and lost. She asks Daisu on the phone about a box that's placed right in front of her and whether she should be opening it. Daisu is totally devastated. Opening that box will reveal a secret that would haunt and damage her for the rest of her life. He couldn't bear the thought of such unthinkable consequences, and he begins to bag Wu Jin with everything he can. The following sequence is a saddening display of a man who is stripped of all his dignity. Daisu sings his old high school's official song to Wu Jin to try to evoke some sense of camaraderie. He then kneels down in front of him and tells him that he would do anything for him to not reveal that secret to his daughter. He was even willing to jump around and bark like a dog. Eventually, he admits that it was his crooked tongue that ruined Wu Jin's life and led to his sister's suicide. And in an act of total surrender and desperate plea, Daisu grabs a pair of scissors and cut off his own tongue. It is a bloody, gory, and extremely upsetting scene. And we as viewers can almost feel Daisu's pain and desperation. Finally, Wu Jin agrees to let Mido off the hook. He tells his henchmen to release her without showing her the content in the box. As Wu Jin turns around and walks to the elevator, Daisu grabs what looks like the remote of Wu Jin's pacemaker and he clicks it in hope to kill Wu Jin. His final attempt of revenge only leads to more pain. The remote turns out to be one for the loudspeakers in the room and after he clicks it, the speakers begin to play a sound of him having sex with Mido, which Wu Jin recorded. At this point, no sound is of a bigger torture to Daisu, and he has to listen to it as the consequences of his own action. Wu Jin has completed his one act of revenge, and he looks like a man who has nothing else to gain or aim for in his life. He walks into the elevator and kills himself with a handgun. Towards the end of the movie, Daisu seeks out the hypnotist that Wu Jin has employed, who has hypnotized him and Mido for countless times to get those two to be attracted to one another. He asks her to remove his memory, and the hypnotist reluctantly agrees. In one final act of illusion, he brings Daisu into an imaginary space where Daisu splits into two bodies and the one who remembers all his sins, his pain, and his suffering gradually disappears in the darkness. At the end of the movie, Mido, who still doesn't know about her true relationship with Daisu, finds him in a snowy forest. She embraces her lover, and Daisu smiles in her embrace in return but his expression quickly turns into one of confusion and grimace. It is not clear that whether he is truly rid of his memories and demons, or that he still has some traces of it left in his memory. The movie ends with the two seeing a sunrise together. It goes without saying, 
that old boy packs one hell of an emotional punch, and the film's plot contains much symbolism and reference to Greek mythology. In next week's episode, we'll wrap up the miniseries and try to unpack some of the hidden meanings and significance in the movie in order to truly appreciate the masterpiece that it is. Thanks very much for listening to Lights Camera Asia. I'm Jake Chen, and talk to you next week. 